Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I don't even want to come back from the break. I just want to listen to that song. What's up, everybody? How you let that man have all that power? Hope you have a great day. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for hanging out and uh, always following along. Do me a favor. If you like the show, first, download the app. Second, subscribe to the podcast. Third, tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Say, hey, I, th- I got something you might enjoy. You're into sports? You should listen to these guys on the radio. Four to six. ESPN. Or, don't have time then? Check out the podcast. I really appreciate it. We would really appreciate it, and uh, that'll help us keep growing, keep bringing you the best of the best when it comes to all the coverage of the sports around the state of Montana. Thanks. Thanks for doing it. Miss anything in the first hour of the show today? You can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. We gave you our 10 fun facts about high school football around the state of Montana. Also, talk some high school golf. We have state champions for the first time uh, this fall sports season. Uh, for both individuals and teams in high school golf at the AA and A levels. We heard from Matt Johnson, the head coach of the Missoula Big Sky Eagles. His team got a crosstown victory last weekend, Washington Grizzly Stadium. And uh, we also gave you our Treasure State Stars for the week, our best individual performances by Montanans or in Montana or both. All of it on that podcast Nuanas now, N-U-A-N-E-Z. We'll get you there. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Nuanas now podcast probably presented by the M Store, the Advocates, and the MSU Bookstore. Normally, on this fine Tuesday, we would have a conversation with Justin Engel, one of my favorite guys around town, around the state. Just one of my good friends, period. I love the guy. I love talking with him. Love his insight. He's so smart, so fun to have a conversation with. I love that I can seriously just text him like three conversation points about two minutes before he gets here, and then we can just rip for like 30 minutes. He's so good at just having open-ended yet thoughtful and uh, intellectual conversations. Justin's out sick today, though, so hopefully he is uh, healing up, and uh, we'll circle back around with him next week. So... Instead of a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications, which, by the way, thanks to Blackfoot for all of their continued support of us, whether it's uh, their sponsorship of Grizz Hockey or the Soccer in Snow and Smoke podcast or uh, the business angle or the new show with Tommy Evans, Blackfoot's so great in supporting all the things we do here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, at Skyline Sports, and uh, everything in between. So thanks to Blackfoot, and we'll have a business angle next week. We, instead, are going to talk... So Big Sky Conference football, because of course we are. Uh, before we get to the football part, though, how about some football? Uh, Andrew, two things for you. Andrew Houghton, our producer, 
uh, here at Nuanas Now, as well as the host of Soccer in Snow and Smoke. Uh, twofold, and I bet, I bet you there's probably some crossover here. What do you got coming up next on the pod? And also, uh, if it's not about the University of Montana or doesn't touch on that, what's going on with Grizz Soccer? Because I think that uh, they have been, uh, they've had an interesting start to Big Sky Conference play, and don't look now, but Big Sky Conference play is almost finished because the soccer season just goes so quickly in, uh, when it gets to league play. Well, yeah, Coulter, it's a great time of the year for soccer and snow and smoke because I got so much going on. We're probably going to jump back into the high school game next because Class AA state tournaments are starting, I believe now, not this week, but next week. Uh, So it'll be time to do a little state tournament preview. I like getting out and doing the, the fun, interesting subjects that maybe you wouldn't think about that, but the fact is this time of the year, it's all I can do to keep up with the Grizz and keep up with the high school. So we'll probably jump back into the high school soccer scene a little bit. As for the Grizzlies, another tough weekend. Made their home conference debuts this weekend against Idaho and Eastern Washington. Looked to have a draw against the Vandals until a penalty kick in the last, I believe, three minutes of the game. That was a good back-and-forth game. Watch the second half. Grizz had chances, but Idaho had some chances going the other way. That ended up a 1-0 loss, and then they continue to struggle to score goals 0-0 against Eastern Washington to close the weekend. So the Grizz with only one win through four games in conference play, one win, two draws, and a loss. Or Sorry, excuse me, one win, two losses, and a draw. But hosting again this, uh, this weekend, Northern Colorado, just a one-game weekend for the Grizz host Northern Colorado on Sunday, so maybe that gives them a chance to regroup. And this is two teams who were picked 1-2 in the conference preseason poll who have struggled a lot this season. Is this um, a cause for for concern? It seems to me in soccer, you just got to get into the conference tournament and then be playing well when it rolls around, or even just play well when it rolls around, Right. Yeah, the important thing is getting there, and then, you know, I think Montana will still feel confident going into the conference tournament, no matter how they finish out the season, because they're an experienced team, it's an experienced coaching staff there now. They'll know, I think they're still remaining confident, even through the run of some of these results. They're still out shooting all the teams they play, they're still getting a lot of chances, but I think that the issue... They haven't scored a goal in either of their last three games, and those are all against conference opponents. I mean, those are the teams where you got to be saying, well, we can put the ball in the back of the net. I don't know if they can. I don't know if they have anybody they can rely on to do that. So there's a question for me there, certainly. Interesting. Uh, in the high school soccer realm, we'll cross town action this afternoon. Uh, this is from the Missoulian. Hellgate defeated Big Sky on the boys' side, 6 nothing. So the Hellgate boys are rapidly approaching yet another Western AA title. Just uh, put their name on the trophy for all time, I guess. Uh, interesting, well, not even interesting, impressive that the uh, Hellgate boys have been able to have the sustained run of success. I think it shows you how important a plan, a program, continuity, great coaching, all those uh, intrinsic factors are. Uh, Hellgate Yet again, uh, one of, if not the favorites, to win the Class AA State Boys Soccer Championship. Uh, They are the three-time defending uh, champions. One other tease for tomorrow, uh, 5 o'clock, the ESPN Roundtable. We sort of, well, here's here's the the frank uh, truth here. We now, 
have the aptitude and the uh, resources and the number of humans that we need. Uh, we can still use more humans, but regardless, to cover a whole bunch of sports, we could cover all of them. But we only got two hours on this here radio show, and on Mondays we get so caught up in talking all about football and, you know, the feedback, the calls, the texts, the the ratings, the numbers, all that stuff indicate that you guys love it. So that's great, and we're going to keep on doing it. But sometimes we do gloss over some really important and also really cool stories that are happening in the wide world of sports, and we don't get get to them for a couple days after the previous weekend. One thing that was so cool, and we kind of touched on it yesterday with Riley Corker and the Voice of the Grizz, but when I was first in college at the University of Montana, I started working at the, the Montana Kaiman, the newspaper there, I guess it would have been my my third semester in school. I wasn't quite even in journalism school yet. And that was back when the Kaiman was a, a weekday paper, every single weekday. And we had a staff, a sports staff of, of five or six writers, which is like more than any newspaper in the state of Montana right now. So we, we divvied up all the sports, and we would cover all the sports pretty intensely. And so when you're a, a young first entry-level guy, you, you, sort of, you don't really get to have the the quote-unquote, uh, you know, frontline sports like football or men's basketball or Lady Grizz basketball. So my first couple beats, I actually got to the Lady Grizz beat by that winter, which was fun, and that sort of set the stage for the, uh, the rest of my career and also just my my affinity for and uh, love of women's basketball in the Big Sky Conference. But my first uh, beat was sort of at a, as an enterprising reporter writing feature stories about sports like lacrosse. That's how I first met Tucker Sargent. And volleyball. And the uh, women's volleyball team at Montana had one good year when I was in college, but mostly struggles. And since then, and, you know, I'm, I'm 35 now, so it's been a little while since I was in college. Since then, it's been uh, a lot of struggles since then, too. But don't look now. University of Montana volleyball program is great. Can they maintain their great start? We'll see. But they're off to their best start since 2000. They are 3-0 in Big Sky Conference play. That is the only unblemished mark in the league. And last Friday, they had what was one of the most memorable wins that I can remember in volleyball in the Big Sky Conference, let alone in the Treasure State. Why? Because Montana State, and give them all the credit in the world for putting on a great show and for promoting it super heavily, so cool to watch, they got the largest crowd in the history of the Big Sky Conference to show up to Brick Breeden Fieldhouse, almost 6,500 fans at the Brick to watch Montana State host Montana in volleyball. An all-time classic. It went all the way down to the wire, and the Grizz end up winning in the fifth set. They take home the mainline trophy, which is uh, the bell that they have. It's kind of the, the new symbol of the uh, Cat Grizz rivalry and a great, great victory by them. Allison Lawrence and Sarah Ashley uh, I sat down with them today, so we'll play that for our ESPN roundtable tomorrow. Looking forward to that. But the uh, the Grizz volleyball team had their uh, best non-conference record since that sophomore year in college when I was a sophomore there at UM, and uh, they're off to their best start in 22 years. So cool for them. Uh, if you've never been to a Division One volleyball game, I would suggest go giving it a try. It's it's so fun. It it is such high pace, high tempo action. So impressive to watch. Uh, it's exciting. The enthusiasm is great. The energy in the arenas are palpable. So stay tuned for that. Allison Lawrence, Sarah Ashley joining us on the uh, ESPN Roundtable tomorrow. This is Nuanas Now on 1029 ESPN Missoula and 
SWX Montana Television, plus the ESPN Montana app. Thanks for hanging out with us. All right, let's talk some uh, some Big Sky Conference football. Uh, here's the uh, scoreboard from this previous weekend. We already did deep dives on Montana's 28-20 win over Idaho State and Montana State's 41-24 win over UC Davis. Here's the rest of the uh, results. Portland State beat Northern Arizona 35-27. Sacramento State beat Cal Poly 49-21. Idaho beat Northern Colorado 55-35 in the only non-conference game in the league. Eastern Washington lost at Florida 52-17. So the uh, the undefeated teams in Big Sky Conference play right now are the Cats, the Grizz, Sac State, but they've only played one conference game, and the University of Idaho. So we'll start there. The Vandals are on a bye, just like the Grizz, and they play the Grizz in Missoula next Saturday. It was a back-and-forth game with Northern Colorado in the first half. Uh, Idaho went into halftime up 24-20, to but the Vandals score 21 third-quarter points and win going away. Uh, a big homecoming victory for Idaho. Johnny McCoy, the quarterback, has been outstanding the uh, first two weeks of conference play so far. Uh, a model of efficiency was 18 of 20 in the opener and 22 of 27 in this one. Threw for 298 yards and four scores against Northern Colorado. Uh, they've been without Trenez Trainer, who's their uh, top wide receiver. But Hayden Hatton has been outstanding. He had eight catches, 131 yards, and two scores for the Vandals as well. And uh, I've always said that Idaho, when they returned to the Big Sky Conference in 2018, there's a lot of things eluding them, but talent wasn't one of them. They had, they had talent on the roster. Well, now they got a new head coach, first-year head coach in Jason Eck, a guy who knows a little bit about the league and definitely knows about FCS football in this region. Eck coached at Montana State for a season in 2015 and then spent uh, the last, I guess, seven years on John Stiglmeyer's staff at South Dakota State. Uh, he's a guy I got to know well when he was in Bozeman. Super great coach uh, in terms of the offensive line and as an offensive coordinator. And he's putting his stamp on the Idaho program here uh, right out the gates. It's a good thing for the big sky if Idaho's good because I think that that gives more validity and more meaning to their rivalries with Eastern Washington, Montana, Montana State. And it just gives gives another legitimate state institution with real fan base, real resources, real tradition, it's just an objectively good thing. I know that a lot of people around Montana hate the Vandals. That's why it's good for the Big Sky Conference if they're good because it gives more passion, more competitiveness, more interest. And now here we got a battle for first place in a battle for the Little Brown Stein uh, in Missoula next Saturday. So uh, this is fun. I think it's good for the league. And uh, Idaho's into the top 25. That's a good thing for the league. What, what do you think of uh, Idaho's start so far, Andrew? Well, I think it's a great thing for the league. I'm wondering, I'm trying to pinpoint the difference here. I wonder if it's just, man, they're expecting to be here. I know we can talk about cliches like knowing how to win and all of that, but looking at this game, it just feels like they're they're confident. I know They know who they've got. They're believing in the guys that they've got, and Giovanni McCoy, the young quarterback, being foremost on that list. I mean, I've said it. I I watched him play Montana last year, and I was unsure if he would ever yeah. turn into a player in this league. And, of course, that's grading on a curve if you're going against Montana. But he really struggled to throw at all, I mean, in that game. And to come out, and now he throws, throws for 298 and four touchdowns. This was a game for a little while, but I just thought 
Idaho handled things so well. I mean, Northern Colorado scores with a minute 20 left in the first half to take a 2017 lead. No panic for Idaho. They go back down, get a touchdown before halftime in that minute 20 with a great two-minute drill, come out, force a punt, score again to start the third quarter, and you're just off to the races. So it was great seeing Idaho be back ranked this week, and I think it's great to pump up the juice around that little Brown-Stein game here in Missoula in two weeks. I think that this is so funny to me because when position coaches at the FCS level are really good, it seems like the narrative is to praise them. If they seem to be over their head or not getting production, it seems to be to criticize them. But otherwise, there's almost no talk about them, and then all the pl- the blame goes to either the head coach, the coordinators, or the players, or a combination of the three. And quarterbacks coaching is something that we don't ever talk about. And to me, it's not a coincidence whatsoever that the best quarterbacks in the big sky over the last 15 years were coached by the best quarterbacks coach in the big sky, Bo Baldwin. It's no surprise that Jason Eck who while, you know, as an offensive lineman at Wisconsin, that's not some new formula. We've seen a variety of offensive linemen go on to be great quarterbacks coaches. I mean, Brett Vegan was a tight end slash, you know, blocking offensive lineman type guy at North Dakota State. Andy Reid was an offensive lineman once upon a time. He might be the best quarterbacks coach of the 21st century in the National Football League. So it's not unheard of. But I think that sometimes we don't pin enough analysis on that. I mean, I guess I'm I, I'm not trying to take a shot at Montana State, but Montana State didn't have really a legitimate real quarterback or any consistency at the position other than Denarius McGee over the last, I don't know, 15, 16 years. Is Travis Louie, Denarius McGee, and then everybody in between was either a piecemeal or an unbelievable runner who had no ability to throw or whatever. It's not a coincidence that the Cats have had 11 quarterbacks coaches in my 11 seasons covering them, and look what happened now. They got a real quarterbacks coach in Brent Vegan, and Sean Chambers is the National Player of the Week. Tommy Vallot, you know, overtook the starting job and cruises all the way to the National Championship game. So uh, I guess what I'm saying is that sometimes you got to allot and reallot your budget when it comes to assistance. I think a lot of times, because the quarterback's coach is going to only be coaching two, three, four guys, you invest more of your money on your coaching staff and your coordinators and some other position coaches that are coaching a lot more players. If it's me, I'm pouring a bunch of money in the quarterback's coach because why wouldn't you? And you can see with with, uh, Giovanni McCoy, the steps he's taken since Jason Eck took over there, I I think it's uh, it's a testament to uh, what we're talking about, a testament to position coaching, particularly at the most important position on the field, really mattering. I also think it's a bit of a testament, Coulter, to just the confidence that this staff has in itself. It's so tempting to go with the one- or two-year option when you're coming in in your first year, and they brought in a transfer at the quarterback position in Jabore Gibbs, who's had experience at the real top level of the FCS. And it can be so tempting to just go with that player for the experience but it is often more rewarding to go with the young guy like Giovanni McCoy at least for a couple of years down the road and just have confidence in yourself to be able to coach him up and to be able to get that uh, continuity going with the guy who can be in the program for several more years. 
So that's been good. I also think they've got, you know, Anthony Woods, their freshman running back, I think is going to be the freshman of the year. He's great. In the conference. He's incredible. He's fifth in the conference in rushing right now, so they were able to find a piece there. And that's what helps you, you know, withstand the loss of a Terra's trainer. Nuance now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Andrew Houghton chiming in with me, Colter Nuanas. Portland State got their first win. Not their, for just their first Big Sky win, but their first win. They have played, according to the uh, strength of schedule formula makers, the hardest schedule in FCS football. They started 0-3 with losses to San Jose State, Washington, and Montana. But they got off the schneid. A 35-27 win over Northern Arizona in their first home game of the season. Dante Sachere, the co-Big Sky Player of the Week with Sean Chambers, he was very good. After struggling in Missoula the week before, Sachere was very good. He rushed for uh, 128 yards and also uh, was efficient in the pass game as well. Uh, Completed 22 of 28 passes, 274 yards. And three touchdowns. Andrew, you and I both thought Portland State was pretty good before they came to Missoula. We got thrashed in Missoula, and then once again returned to the the ranks of the the, unfor, the you know the forgotten in the Big Sky Conference. But I think this game actually has dual impact. I think it's pretty much an elimination game, and I think that NAU, who a lot of people wanted to believe maybe was good, well, without their stud running back Kevin Daniels, they haven't been very good the last couple weeks, and now they sit at one and four. I think that. Uh, barring some unforeseen circumstance, I think they're done. They'd have to basically win out in the conference to get to even seven wins. And I don't see them winning six in a row, especially with what they have in front of them. And Portland State, they got a tall task if they would want to remain in the playoff mix, but that's a good way to start doing it. It's a big win for the Vikings. Definitely. I think they're still facing an uphill battle to even get back in playoff contention at one and three now, and they've still got a D2 game coming up, so that doesn't help you at all. But it's big for them to gain is confidence. Is that even a D2 game? Is, I never even heard of Lincoln College. I don't this. even know. It I've been calling be a them D, a D2 because... It might even be a D3. I yeah. don't know. Quick story. I know I already said this on the show, but if you hadn't heard, there was supposed to be Southern Utah coming to Portland State. Nobody signed the contracts. They didn't have an AD. Uh, let's just say Bruce Barnum's not happy. Uh, anyways, carry on. It, it is uh, With that game still remaining on the schedule, it is even more of a tough, uh, a long shot for Portland State. But at least they stayed alive with this win. You get confidence from that, and more than that, like with Idaho, I think you pick up a lot of confidence in your young quarterback. Dante Chassere is a guy who I thought showed really well at Montana. I don't think there's a tougher assignment for a quarterback in the entire FCS. I mean, maybe at NDSU. But I think Dante Chassere played as well as any quarterback that I had seen in the early part of the schedule for Montana. You could see his athleticism. He was making guys miss. I mean, Marcus Wellnells came screaming up the A-gap at him, unblocked, three, four, five times in the first half. He got him once or twice. Mishashere was also able to leverage his athleticism to get away from him a couple times. The issue is that Montana's bringing guys behind him to clean up. But I thought Dante Shashere showed that he was able to make the first guy miss. He was able to get outside the pocket a couple times. And I thought that that would make him really dangerous against teams that aren't as good as Montana and teams that don't pursue to the ball as hard as Montana. And that's what we saw against Northern Arizona, especially, I think, on his big one. I think he had a 72 or a 78-yard touchdown run where he beats the first guy, gets up the middle, and then is also able to make a couple guys miss in the secondary and take it all the way. I think he's a really good player. 
not that big of a surprise for Sac State to move uh, to four and zero with a win over Cal Poly, but a big story that Sac State is four and zero. That's their best start in thirty years. So Cameron Scadabo, the star Sac State running back, will join us on the Big Sky Breakdown later on this week. So looking forward to sharing that with all of you. Uh, so let's look at the games this weekend. Then uh, Lincoln University of California, who's zero and four, they play Portland State. So we'll throw that one out. That's the only non-conference game in the league. The rest of the league looks like this. Cal Poly at Northern Arizona. Vena, you can't win that one. I don't know what they can win. But Bo Baldwin's teams have been, Bo Baldwin's team, excuse me, at Cal Poly has been better this year offensively. Uh, I, I don't know what they're playing for other than just improvement because I, I never thought they had a chance to be a contender. But NAU, it, it's a must win there uh, for NAU if they want to have any semblance of competitiveness moving down the stretch. Idaho State, We'll look for their first win against Montana State in Bozeman. Northern Colorado plays at Sac State, so the Hornets uh, are probably going to be a big favorite to move to uh, 5-0. and And then the game of the week, probably the only real competitive game. Well, I shouldn't say that. These games are going to be competitive because the league is very competitive. But the game that has real national ramifications is Eastern Washington, who's 1-3 after that Florida loss, and they're 0-1 in Big Sky play after the Bobcats rallied to beat them in Cheney. Plays at Weber State. The Wildcats undefeated. They're coming off a bye. They're 4-0 and 1-0 in Big Sky Conference play. So that should be a good showdown. Uh, quickly, Andrew, what do you think of that game, uh, Eastern at Weber State? Uh, it's it's so interesting, too, because, you know, as Keaton Gologli, the new play-by-play guy at Montana State, mentioned to us in the interview that we'll play for you tomorrow here on Nuanas Now, he said, it seems like... Uh, a cliche pleasantry to say, well, they're better than their record. But in this state of affairs in college football, teams have to play these crazy schedules, especially the teams that don't draw 26,000 fans a game like Montana or 21,000 fans a game like Montana State. they got to play money games that they're almost certainly going to lose. So it makes their overall win-loss record look completely upside down. Eastern, we don't really know. Are they good? Are they not? Are they a playoff team? Are they not? I don't know. We're going to find out more, though, with them playing in Ogden on Saturday. Yeah, big game for both sides, actually. I think, I mean, we've been saying that Eastern Washington is back up against the wall for weeks on weeks on weeks now. Certainly, if you can't win that one and you drop to one and four, you're looking at having to run the table to even have a chance at a playoff spot. I think also a big one for Weber State, and I think the Wildcats have been under the radar a little bit just because they have not been... As dominant as Montana, Sac State's kind of the new hotness in the conference. Everybody's paying attention to them. Weber State's just as good, and they got just as good a story to hang your hat on with their great defense. And they've got some good wins, but I think that, you know, in in the context of the conference here, beating Eastern Washington is always a good win for people who have been following the conference and, you know, have seen Eastern Washington be the dominant power in the conference for the last decade, that carries more weight than a win over even what I thought, what I think is, I still think they are, a good UC Davis team last week. Yep. just carries a little bit extra weight. I, I believe that the count that I got to covering Cooper Cup in college was 18 times live, and then also made sure to watch at least part of the stream every time, just because why wouldn't you? Is You know, it's just poetry in motion when he was at Eastern Washington. But the only time I saw Cooper Cup get held in check in the 18 times I saw him live was against Weber State. What I'm saying is 
Jay Hill, who in his essence is a special teams coach, but also a great secondary coach, a guy who was a great secondary recruiter. I think Weaver State has the best secondary in the United States of America at the FCS level. That has always been a thorn in the side of Eastern Washington. This game's a night game. It's under the lights. I think it's a chance for East, uh, for Weber to make a statement, even if Eastern maybe isn't quite the caliber they've been over the last 10-plus years. But I also think the matchup favors Weber State quite heavily. It's Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We'll take, away, uh, take a step away from uh, our bread and butter, and we'll go into some Major League Baseball. What's up with Aaron Judge and not only his home run chase, but his triple crown chase? How about Albert Pujols climbing up the career record list of one of the toughest records to climb? And what's the playoff scenario look like right now? Major League Baseball, next. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. ESPN Radio. I'm sorry if you don't like it. I just uh, I saw all the subtweets about Kanye on Twitter. I didn't even figure out what they were about. I just not that worried about it. But then I started listening to him while I was making the show, and I was like, you know what? We're just gonna listen to some Kanye today. Okay, enough with the excuses. What's up, everybody? Hope you're enjoying uh, our hip hop laden Tuesday show. Appreciate you for rocking along with us here on Nuanas Now. If you're listening on the radio, you already know, 1029 ESPN Missoula. If you're watching on TV, you already know, SWX Montana Television. And if you have the ESPN MT app in your life, great job. Now go share it with your family, friends, and neighbors, and everybody you've ever met. Appreciate it. One guy that's been contributing on the development of the ESPN MT app, Jeff Safford. He's the uh, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, now the voice of Grizz Hockey, and... Contributed here on the production of the show, sitting in the studio with me. He's kind of our baseball aficionado. I mean, turns out when you're the voice of the minor league baseball team in town, you tend to know a little bit about the game. Uh, so, Jeff, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Grizz Hockey, uh, back underway. They had their debut on last Friday, 17-1 to over Idaho. Uh, Tucker Sargent, Mike Anderson, uh, they Will Grossman, they assure me that uh, while the, uh, the taste of victory is sweet, they also want to have a more competitive action. So I think we're going to have, uh, I, I don't think, I know we're going to have better competition here in Missoula the rest of the home season. So uh, good start to the year for Grizz Hockey. Uh, always fun in your debut game, no matter what, just to get out there and, and see the guys on the ice. But Western Washington coming to town Friday and Saturday, so that'll be uh, pretty good. Uh, how did it go? What did you think of the Grizz Hockey team? An onslaught of goals. You probably had to find a new way to call them when there's 17 of them. Yeah, it was that was really something else. And uh, the third period especially was just wild. They had scored eight goals in the first two periods and then almost matched that in the third period alone. And one thing that Tucker Sargent has touched on with the team is that 
They have strength in numbers with 30 players in the roster, and I think you saw that in the third period against Idaho. Yes, clearly, talent-wise, we're better in the first two periods, but that third period came around, obviously just were able to run them off the ice and just tire out the Vandals. So, all in all, a good week, and man, was it fun inside the Glacier Ice Rink. That place was electric last Friday night. Packed house, student section going nuts. It's it's a really fun thing to experience. Tomorrow and Thursday on Nuanas Now, we'll be giving you tickets to Grizz Hockey. Back at home again on Friday and Saturday, so remember that. Stay tuned for those giveaways. And be sure to tune in whenever the Grizz Hockey team is playing to Jeff's calls on both the radio and the ESPN MT app. All right, let's talk some baseball. First of all, Aaron Judge chasing the American League home run record and what some say is the all-time single-season home run record. He is uh, at 61 home runs, which ties Roger Maris for the American League record, asterisks or not, and he's not going to get to 73 or even 70 like Mark McGuire or Barry Bonds, respectively. But still an unbelievable season, an epic season one for the Bucks. My question for you, though, is I didn't realize this until two weeks ago. Judge, while in the mix for this home, all these home run accolades, also was in the mix of a triple crown run. And now, with teams sort of being wary of pitching to him, period, but also him trying to hit home runs, his average has slid about 10 points. He's still hitting 310. I don't know if he can get back in the mix there uh, to win the batting title. I think the uh, the American League leader right now is Luis Ares from uh, Minnesota. He's hitting 315. So it's going to take a little bit of an effort. But uh, what would be more impressive to you, uh, the single-season home run record or the triple crown? Is is uh, is Judge selling himself short here by trying to hit all the bombs, or is, is that the way you go with this thing? You know, that's really a, a tough one to try to equate. I mean, to me, you have to look at the home run record yeah. and just for what it represents, sure. especially because he's playing, to me, it's more relevant even more that he's playing for the Yankees. Sure, He's playing for the club that had Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris going after the record totally. at the same time. There's been so much built into the Yankees and Babe Ruth and everything else. Like, that's what the Yankees do. They're the Bronx Bombers. They're known that for a reason. They hit dingers. So, to me, it's, I mean, a triple crown is nothing to sneeze at. No question. But we've seen that in more recent memory. We've seen guys like Miguel Cabrera, special talent, Hall of Fame player, get a triple crown. But when have you seen a player go after 60-plus home runs? That, to me, is a lot less of a thing that happens. It's, it's true, too. I mean, that's what's – being a Yankee is so uh, – Symbolic here because the American League record is the Yankees record, is the home run record, right? I mean, Roger Maris and Babe Ruth are the only two American League players ever to hit more than 60 home runs until Aaron Judge did it this year. So pretty impressive. The other record watch we've had going around Major League Baseball has been Albert Pujols' home uh, farewell tour, rather. And it's been very, very sweet and bittersweet to watch. Uh, He is 42 years old. He has played 22 years in the big leagues. He is going to retire as absolutely one of the great players of his generation. But that's my question for you, Jeff. I mean, here's here's where Albert Pujols is at in terms of his splits. He's got almost 3,400 hits. He's hit almost 700 doubles. He's up to 703 home runs. And now 
He has 2,216 RBI, the only guy in the history of baseball with more runs batted in than Albert Pujols is Hank Aaron. Where is Albert Pujols? I know that people like to say he's one of the best of his generation. Where do you think he ranks all time? He has to be right there with some of the greats in the game. Oh, he, he has to be. And if you watched his, I know our colleague Robert Chase from over on the trail was watching intently on Sunday, a huge Cardinals fan. But if you heard his introduction on Sunday, they had a they had a little in they had a special presentation on the field the last regular season home game of the year in St. Louis on Sunday. They brought Yadi Molina out, Albert Pujols out, and the third one is ev- evading me. But the kind of the old guard of the Cardinals, they brought maybe, him out. Maybe Wainwright? Y- yes, there we go. And they um, they brought out the old old guard, and they had a big. You know, clap your hands ceremony type of an event form. They all had speeches, and the way Albert Pujols was introduced for his speech was Major League Baseball's greatest right-handed hitter. So they made their statement right there, in in my eyes. And if you're putting him in there with the best right-handed bats in baseball, obviously you have to think of him being one of the greatest. And I mean, shoot. I mean, I've been watching this guy hit the ball out of ballparks since I was a little, little kid. And I'm not a young whippersnapper <laughs> anymore. I'm 30 years old. Yes. You know, and my first baseball game period, I remember, was watching the Cardinals play the Giants and watching Albert Pujols. That just shows how long he's done it. And he's never been linked to all these kind of things that don't want to say have tarnished baseball's image over the last 20 years but it's definitely been a part of it so you take everything into consideration just the longevity of his career and the things he's done off the field also just being a guy that's been a huge prominent aspect of his where he grew up in the Dominican Republic going back there and I love seeing those videos in the offseason December and January Albert Pujols shows up in some random field in the Dominican just hitting bombs left and right so I mean how can you not love the guy Best right-handed hitters of all time. Guys that he's in the mix with include Mike Schmidt. He's better than that. Al Simmons. He's better than that. Jeff Bagwell. He's way better than Jeff Bagwell. Ricky Henderson. Uh, Ricky Henderson has somehow now here we're sitting in 2022 an underrated career. I don't really know how that happened. He's the greatest base stealer and run scorer. Yeah, me being a Bay Area guy, how do you <laughs> underrate I mean, Ricky Henderson? Ricky Henderson was in a league all his own when he was in his prime. I mean, it was like. He gets on base, he just hit a double. Doesn't matter if, I mean, he's the he's one of the great walks guys ever. He's one of the great leadoff hitters. I'd actually say he's the greatest leadoff hitter of all time. Uh, unbelievable. But regardless, I still think Pujols is better than that. Roberto Clemente, I mean, he obviously has a legacy that's accentuated by a tragic end, and he was such a fan favorite. I still think Pujols is better than that. Alex Rodriguez, I mean, tainted, certainly. Hank Greenberg, Edgar Martinez, uh, Harry Heilman, Mike Piazza. I mean, Pujols is better than all these guys. Frank Robinson, way better than Frank Robinson. Nap Laholi. Uh, and then you get into some of the others. I mean, Manny Ramirez, I still think Pujols is better than that. Joe DiMaggio, okay, now you can have an argument. Willie Mays, okay, now you can have an argument. Hank Aaron, okay, now you can have an argument. Honus Wagner, I don't know, man, I think he's better. Jimmy Fox, I think he's better. Roger Hornsby, I think he's better. So basically... If you're in the same breath as Willie Mays and Hank Aaron, I think I think we're doing all right. Yeah, I would as I would think you're doing just fine. New Orleans now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the uh, new ESPN MT app. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. Usually on Tuesdays, Tommy Evans swings by. 
uh, to give us a tease of what is going on on the new show. But Tommy has got all sorts of stuff going to get our Grizz Hockey broadcasts all tuned up, finely tuned, and uh, even better for you, all of you out there that follow along on the ESPN MT app. So we're going to take a break, and we'll look at the uh, Major League Baseball playoff uh, race right after this. Jeff Safford joining me here, Colter Nuanez. It's Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. You want us now? ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for being with us here on your Tuesday. Colter Nuana is riding with Jeff Safford, the voice of Grizz Hockey, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, and contributing on all things Major League Baseball for us here in this specific show. If you missed anything in this specific show, did 10 fun facts about high school football around the state of Montana. Also did a little recap on the state golf tournaments from over the weekend. Had our Treasure State Stars, best of the best from around the state of Montana, individual performances. Matt Johnson, head coach of the Missoula Big Sky Eagles, joined us. We also talked our way around the Big Sky Conference in football. And we've been talking about some historic performances and a historic career when it comes to Aaron Judge and Albert Pujols, respectively. Find all of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M-Store the Advocates, and the Montana State Bookstore. All right, Jeff, we only got a couple minutes left here. Um, let's take a look at the Major League Baseball playoff race. First of all, uh, right out the gates, it looked like the New York Yankees were going to just annihilate the all-time wins record. That's not the case, but they're still uh, right there, and they they uh, are the American League East champions. The Cleveland Guardians are the American League Central champions. The Houston Astros, the top seed in the American League, 104 victories, quietly somehow, for the Houston Astros. They're the AL West champions. The National League East is still up for grabs. Uh, The Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets just battled it out in a three-game series with no result, but the Braves left that game having ensured at least that they're going to go to the playoffs, and they are a game ahead of the Mets here with a couple games to play. The Cardinals are the champions of the uh, NL Central and the Los Angeles Dodgers, 110 and 50. Oh my goodness, unbelievable run uh, for the Dodgers. They are the NL West champions. The Padres still remain alive in the wild card race, and unfortunately, Jeff, your San Francisco Giants, right there at 80 and 80, not uh, not the the dream season like they had uh, a year ago. But just break down this uh, the wild card for us because there's still some teams that are that are left in it. And uh, we still have some determining to see what's going to happen here in the playoffs, which, by the way, they do start on uh, Thursday. So we're closing in on it. Just a couple games left here in the regular season. Yeah, well, if you look at the, if you look at the both the American League and the National League, you got, well, the National League is a little bit more up in the air considering you got the New York Mets at the top. And if they're able to come back against the Braves, it would be right. the Braves getting right. into that third spot. But either way, in both the AL and NL, you got two teams kind of battling for the bottom two spots still with Seattle and Tampa Bay within a game of each other in the AL and 
San Diego and the Phillies in the other two spots. And to me, those are four very interesting teams. And I expect this postseason to be very tight and to be very competitive all the way through just because you have a lot of talented teams in baseball. And so much of it is is who's getting hot at the right time, who's able to put it together and make a run. I mean, especially in the American League. To me, that's a wide open race. You can't just hand the trophy to the Yankees. They've had their struggles at times. One big thing, I think, with um, the Yanks, though, um, Luis Severino last night pitched a gem for the Yankees. And he's been such a big part of their staff at times when healthy came off the inactive list, 60-day IL, seven innings, eight Ks. If if the Yankees have a legit Severino to go along with Garrett Cole, look out. That's going to be a dangerous club. But I think when you're talking about the Strohs, the reason why many people aren't talking about Houston, they've been built up in recent years by their offense, but this right. season it's been their pitching. So not so much that headline grabbing, hitting the ball over the train tracks offense, and they still have plenty of pop, Yep. but they're near the top of the league in most pitching categories. And Justin Verlander is a clear favorite to me for the Cy Young in the AL. I mean, one of the great stories in baseball is Justin Verlander just going out and just grabbing the Cy Young Award. I mean, the guy's been around forever, and he's having one of the best seasons uh, of his career. The Major League Baseball playoffs start on Thursday. We're uh, out of time for today, but we'll come back around to this. The last point I'll make is, first of all, in these neck of the woods, a lot of Mariners fans, they're off the schneid. They snapped the the drought. They're into the playoffs. Who knows what they're going to do, though, when they actually get in there, but... A long-lasting 20-plus uh, year drought for the Seattle Mariners is over. Uh, so I know there's a lot of excited people around Western Montana. There's a lot of great teams still alive. This uh, expanded format definitely makes it very, very intriguing. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Sam Herder will join us right off the top of the show. We also have a bunch of other great guests, including Allison Lawrence and Sarah Ashley from the UN Volleyball team. We'll see you then. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, It's all we practice. Uh, You're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 MontanaAdvocates.com.